0: Welcome back, everyone. We are back from our holiday hi- hiatus once again. I'm Maddie Shook, one of the hostesses of the Once Upon a Stream podcast, along with Megan Mann. Hi. And we have a special guest today. We do. Because we've been we've been off for a uh, two weeks now since two weeks, yeah, before Christmas, and so mm-hmm. we have Jen Stasek from Just About Right with us. Say hi, Jen. Hi. <laughs> I was um, going to say hi,
1: Jen, and make a joke, but I'm lame like that, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At least you're if honest.
1: A, I mean, you know, I'd, I like the puns. There's a pun in my website title. I can't not make silly jokes. Puns are great.
0: <laughs> That's true. I did movie-related, like, I had a work thing recently that i did kind of like a movie theme for an incentive product and basically it was like movie title puns and
2: oh i loved it i thought it was so great
0: because it's like well i won't get into the nitty-gritty because i don't want to talk about my actual job on this (laughs) podcast and so but
2: the,
0: the puns were legit let's just say that but that's not we're not talking about puns today maybe tangentially no. but what we are talking about is the mandalorian on d- as far as this has been disney Plus's crown jewel and the first season is now finished so now we do get to talk about it in an overarching of like how it all fits together which i'm super pumped about um because as far as <clears throat> me personally i've kind of been like a semi-casual fan of star wars like um family friend introduced us like me and my sister to the original trilogy when he was babysitting us once he had them all on vhs and like kind of vhs (laughs) i know (laughs) poor one out that and so i enjoyed it leia was cool and appreciated it much more later and because i was a child i did i did enjoy the prequels even though now the the dialogue is super cringy mm-hmm. but as far as enjoy the the new trilogy but this has actually been my favorite star wars thing to ever star wars so um what what's your star wars journey been like jen
1: Okay, so I was trying to think of how I first started watching Star Wars, and I was telling my sister the other day that it was at a friend's sleepover when we were in high school. She was like, let's watch Star Wars. Well, that's a bad idea if you're having a sleepover, because inevitably, you fall asleep to watching Star Wars, and you're not actually watching Star Wars. So that was the first like time that I actually watched, and those were the original, so Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher... Mark Hamill um and then I later much later in life maybe like five or so years ago I re-got into watching it so I re-watched all of the originals I watched the prequels once because I was not a huge fan and uh and then moved on to the new trilogy um my friend Chels when she came to visit me was the one to force me to go see The Force Awakens she's like we're going to see this while you're here So I did, and I enjoyed the new trilogy, sort of. There's some issues that I have with it, but my personal favorite, besides The Mandalorian, Mandalorian is a close second. My personal favorite Star Wars thing to ever Star Wars is Rogue One. So at this point, because I will die on that Rogue One is the best Star Wars story hill, and I will stand there. (laughs) <laughs> the, I,
0: I super I really enjoyed Rogue One and I'm definitely looking forward to the Cassian Andor and K2SO series coming yeah. to Disney Plus and I think we're looking about two years now because I think Obi-Wan is going to be first yeah.
1: yeah yeah, I feel like it's, it, I rewatched all of the, the Star Wars in preparation for seeing Rise of Skywalker and it's still, as an encapsulated story, still holds up to me as like, from the score to the drama to the comedy it all just kind of fell in especially when you know that with Rogue One you knew the end of the story you knew you're
0: like well this doesn't but you were still invested and bless my poor shipper heart I still ended up shipping even though
1: you knew knew it but you were like I still have to yeah so that's the mark of a good story to me is that you knew what it was you knew what it was going in and you knew what was going to happen but you were still so invested that you wanted to see how it all how it all panned out so it's still my favorite but then The Mandalorian is also right
0: up there. Megan, how about you?
2: Um, I, like, fully remember seeing episodes one through three in theaters. Like, I very much remember going to the theater, and I think that was probably, like, When I started to like really fall in love with Hayden Christensen for a spell. (laughs) I feel like you weren't alone in that though. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think I was. Um, And I'd watched the other ones before and I always really loved Star Wars. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, like a lifelong obsession with Harrison Ford. (laughs) <laughs> like a lifelong, a lifelong. If you look at my like Twitter, you, my head, like, my header is Han Solo. Like you, you came out of the womb loving Harrison Ford, basically. Yeah, basically. Okay. Like Naturally. I, actually, I'm still obsessed with Harrison Ford. Like it's not right, um, <laughs> but I have to accept these things as factual. Mm-hmm. And like literally, if you do look at my Twitter header, it's Han Solo from the original mm-hmm. trilogy. Like it's, it's never changed. It's always been Harrison Ford as Han Solo. And I have a friend named Cassandra who we always talk about how much we love Harrison Ford. And, like, we'll always send each other, like, around his birthday, we'll send each other photos of him um, back in the day. It's fine. It's not even a big deal. It's okay. Um, But I do, I do, I really enjoy Star Wars. I have one of my best friends. She is, like, a crazy obsessed Star Wars person. Like, she reads all the books and everything. I'm not on that level, but I really do. I love Star Wars. Um, C3PO is my favorite, other than Han Solo, Mm. obviously. Um, (laughs) And when I was little, one of my favorite rides, it still is, at Disney World was Star Tours. Star Tours? Star Tours is iconic. favorite. I don't... I just wrote it the other day, and it makes me kind of sad, because now you can go on all these different adventures, and I had a Rise of Skywalker adventure, but... (sighs) <sighs> I, I loved that ride so much when I was little and I would ride it so many times every time we went and I love it so much so I have like very fond happy memories of Star Wars and I really I really do love Mandalorian so much I think it's fantastic it really is but I think this has been like the thing that I've really enjoyed the most
0: Mandalorian it was one of those things as far as it's very seldom when you are watching as far as like a tv show or a movie or something when it's literally only like less than five minutes in and you're already like i'm on board <laughs> like yeah. just i i love this i love this world like and so much of what i've seen with the character so far and um, let's go on this story because it just it sucks you in like right off the bat yeah and As far as what I do like as far as Mandalorian because Star Wars does have such a rich history and of in terms of like the iconography of everything of how it's holding up to um, it was going to take a lot for Mandalorian to kind of take its own space in that and I think one of the major factors of Mandalorian rising so quickly in the cultural consciousness well two-part a because baby yoda is the cutest thing to ever exist (laughs) but b as far as disney plus did make the very wise move both financially but also in a storytelling sense of staying in more of a traditional like week-to-week format instead of just dropping the whole season at once
1: yeah I think that was really smart because, I mean, honestly, it was probably mostly a financial decision because they do that with all of their original content. But it's really smart because otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of people go on to Disney Plus and then leave en masse because they've come watch to the, see. Whole, first yeah, exactly. the whole first season. Yeah, exactly. Especially since you can binge the first season did. in four hours. And so, well, yeah. and I mean, to be honest, that's what I did with Apple Plus tv i was like cool i'm gonna watch dickinson and now i'm done and so now i'm gonna cancel my subscription because i've watched the whole season and i'm good and i'm good Uh, i'm fine now yeah yeah exactly but but this was a smart i think
0: with apple products you get like the first year free or something like that so i just i literally set a reminder on my phone about (laughs) like one week shy of a year (laughs) of like cancel apple plus
1: I have I have made those similar reminders on my phone. But I think it was a very smart move, because not only were people not leaving, but also it lended itself to an episodic week-to-week format, I feel like, more so than, than most other things that I've watched recently.
0: Yeah, because especially as far as... Because Netflix really did kind of change the game of, like, streaming shows really kind of being these, like they were the water cool tv conversations as far as Mm. with maybe the one exception being game of thrones obviously but as far as otherwise the only tv that like literally everyone was talking about was netflix stuff yeah however Mm. i really kind of noticed this summer with stranger things season three the whole season dropped everyone dropped everything and it was like literally Mm. the only topic of conversation across all of the yeah. social media platforms I'm on. But within about two weeks, it was gone. Like, yeah. that as far as big story stuff happened, and there's a lot to discuss with characters and like little moments, but no one really goes back to take a second look or digest like details from different episodes. And it's just kind of this whooshing sensation that kind of takes over, but it dies just as quickly and so i feel like if they did if they did just drop the whole season at once and especially because it is so close in like chronologically of the release of rise of skywalker that by the time rise of skywalker came out no one would be talking about mandalorian but
2: i think it's the opposite (laughs) i don't think anyone's talking i think people are talking more about the mandalorian than they are rise of skywalker
0: exactly so i think like mandalorian had enough time since it was lasting over several weeks to kind of rise up in the cultural consciousness so that way by the time rise of skywalker came out it was like sufficient Mm -hmm. of on its own of like people cared about not not just baby yoda and the memes but as far as like caring about ig11 and um i was trying to think gina carano's character but cardoon and obviously um Dinja jar and the mandalorian himself and so Ugh. that that it. way as far time. as they already announced there's going to be a season two which i'm totally pumped yeah. for but i think there will be enough momentum as far as that like the mandalorian will stay in the cultural consciousness over the years so that way it's not going to completely fade away so that way there will still be enough like hype for it by the time that season two comes out
1: yeah because you kind of have to do that when you have a big gap because i think they said what fall 2020 yeah because i said
0: fall 2020 so i'm thinking pretty much a full year because the first episode came on disney plus's launch date of november 12th so i would say you're probably looking about another november release yeah
1: which, again, it is smart that, that they managed, that they did it episodic week to week, but then also that they've slowly started releasing, like, more merch, more news. It's like Disney's kind of slowly feeding the beast in this way. and Which also, is uncharacteristic. Which is, right, though? But I think that... The uh, going back to the Netflix thing it's so true that like I loved Stranger Things season 3 because I just binged it literally within two days but also I had that feeling of I've just finished this entire season and I could not tell you what happened in each individual episode because I watched it so fast. Right, like, and you could yeah. just
2: tell what happened like in the over, that's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah,
1: that I, I couldn't I, tell you for for anything like, okay, season three, episode two, what happens? I'd be like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> like you yeah. would just try to like recap it and it almost yeah. just sounds like a Stefan list of this yeah. season has everything.
1: Press. Yeah,
2: basically. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But then with this one, the good thing was, and and the interesting thing was, is that a lot of people, when I started watching it, were talking about the same thing, which is, oh, it feels a lot slower than a normal Star Wars kind of fanfare thing. Like, it's moving a lot a little slower, which, to me, I think is a good thing. I don't think everything has to be blockbusters, big reveals, blowing things up every single episode. But at, what I liked is that it pretty much every episode was like, Oh this is this episode. Oh this is where they go do this thing. Oh this is where cuz there was on this a ship.
0: like overarching arc, but you yeah. also had each episode was its own complete story too. Yeah. Which
1: yeah. is nice because like while I was watching, my roommate started watching it specifically because of Baby Yoda taking over the internet. And then she's like, "I guess I'm going to watch this." So I would re- I was rewatching episodes as I came into the room and saw her watching them and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Oh yeah, this is this episode." And it was just funny to be able to kind of characterize them as they have encapsulated plots, which is really nice for a very serialized format, um, but then they have the overarching yeah. narrative too, which really makes
0: you interested. And in there's still, could... like, an overarching, like, tone and vibe, like, yeah. th- that pieces it together as a whole, but there also are, like, subtle differences where you kind of get to see, some of like the filmmaking choices because mm-hmm. you did have like different directors Ugh, between the and episodes I and love stuff that you
1: have different directors especially some, women, some good women women women
0: uh, i like that we literally all, all saying that sang at once <laughs> and it wasn't even it prompted to be sung.
2: <laughs> we were just like women. we have to focus we have to focus on what's important
0: it's true because as walking. far as a like because of mandalorian this is the first woman to ever direct Star Wars, the first person of color to ever direct mm-hmm. Star Wars. That and so kind of breaking up some of the seaminess of what we've had so far.
1: Yeah. Which I think really worked because again, different directors had different styles and you could sort of tell that, but it was still it didn't feel disjointed. It didn't feel like it wasn't cohesive. You still had the same kind of feel and tone, even with different people at the helm every episode for the most part. Um, which I liked because I liked that it felt different because there was the episode where, uh, Mando's basically on the spaceship with the criminals and it's like a reverse kind of horror movie where you see some of like the lights flashing and then obviously he's the hero, but he's like in the shadows and I was like, Oh, I love this. I love this, you know, feel. And it was... That's different than the episode where they go to a planet and teach everyone how to fight, and
0: which I thought was so cute. a little romance.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was very cute. But see, like I like they basically had to make a man
0: out of you montage.
1: Well, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And a little rom com. Like that was the rom com episode. Uh, But I liked that they kind of had different themes going that through, like throughout the episode, but that they all tied together because there was consistency in, in you know. Mando's relationship with with the child and his kind of journey.
2: I loved that though. I loved that he was just this bounty hunter. And then okay what I liked was and Maddie and I have talked about this because she sort of like prefaced me I guess or I don't want (laughs) to say forewarned because that's not the right word either but she kind of told me ahead of time she's like okay just letting you know the first episode is slow but once it you realize what the whole show is you're like oh yeah okay so i love that that you are watching this show about a bounty hunter but it's not but it's not <laughs> yeah it's not it's he's he's cuz cha- he sees baby Yoda and he's like i have to protect this child even though he's 50 anyway um he's like, I need to protect the shot. And then it turns into him protecting baby Yoda the whole time.
0: And you're like, okay, I'm on board. I'm on (laughs) board
2: because you are, you are, it's kind of like not to, you know, call back to game of Thrones, but it is kind of like the premiere of game of Thrones where the whole first episode of game of Thrones, you're like, literally, what did I just watch? Like that made no sense to me at all. Um, and then the first episode of Mandalorian, you're kind of like, where's this going? yeah until it until the baby yoda part you're like oh that's where it's going okay i'm here i'm here because especially
0: if you're not like initiated to the star wars lore and all of that the the idea of like the mandalorians themselves of that yeah no they never take their helmet off like ever that you're and you kind of like if you don't know that going in as far as because my dad was like is he ever going to take his helmet off and i was like no Nope.
2: which made and, me sad because I am obsessed with Pedro Pascal. I know I keep saying that about older men, but <laughs> that's not a theme in my life. OK, my boyfriend's younger than me. So, but I love him. I thought it's not my fault that Game of Thrones keeps coming up. OK, he was on Game of Thrones. OK, okay I was about to ask like,
1: where was he from that you knew him? Game of Thrones.
2: This, I and okay. I love Love, 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 and I told this to Jen the other day. I love the show Narcos. I love the show Narcos on Netflix, and he was on the first three seasons before oh. they turned it to Diego Luna, who plays yes. Cassie oh. Mandor. So oh. Diego Luna, I will watch anything that man is that And so even
0: Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights.
2: Oh. Where, uh, sure, well, sure, and sure, and. I love Narcos and he was on Narcos and he was amazing on Narcos and then I was really sad that he wouldn't be on the fourth season but then it went into Diego Luna and um oh my god why can't I remember his name off the top of my head Michael Pena. there duh hello who I think is like literally the most underrated actor of all time and um I was really sad that he wasn't up then I was okay because it's Diego Luna but I love Pedro Pascal so the whole time I know it's him under there but I can't
1: But he does such a good job of just acting with his voice. I know! Because it's such a testament to that, because you don't see him for 99.99% of the series. Mm -hmm.
0: The use of both, like, voice and physicality, of just, like, the slightest, like, change in posture, and you kind of see, like, you can kind of get the thought process of what's, like, he's going on, and that it is really interesting that it literally isn't until almost the end of the last episode of the season that you find out the Mandalorian's name as far as that he even has a name. Right! That's that's as far as not just the Mandalorian and because it just kind of is a great way of the overarching of that through his protection of Baby Yoda that Din kind of gets a sense of identity again because at this point like when the the series starts that he basically only comes out just to do like bounty hunter jobs and then just kind of sticks in the shadows for the rest of it and so he yeah. isn't really living a life and so now he has someone to care for and
2: yeah and it's adorable and he was orphaned yeah so he's like oh this poor 50 year old child is orphaned <laughs> so i must yeah. protect yeah
1: and it's again like just the testament of like the emotion and the different things that he goes through and the range of feelings about no i'm totally okay doing this and trying to convince himself of that and then all of a sudden you're like but you're not okay with giving
0: him back are you because <laughs> i do? think episode three really is the turning point but that yeah. then that's what elevates it to okay this might be one of yeah like it shoots up in the star wars ranking and also just in like tv and things i've seen this past year yeah. that
1: because then it lends itself to like once you get past the whole moral dilemma part of things then you get to the real fun cutesy humor kind of things with with their dynamic which i very
0: much enjoyed because as far as that then they, they become a little family it's but true. at first it just has to be basically a like a us against the world type mentality of realizing nope going back for him yeah. and the third episode really as far as i know a lot a lot of people like created a lot of buzz as far as being like a fan favorite and everything and mm-hmm. so that was with deborah chow was the director on that who had previously done stuff like better call saul american gods that kind of thing so this is kind of the first big like blockbuster project and she's going to be show running the obi-wan kenobi series that is coming out
2: Which I cannot wait for, because Mm. although the first three are trash, um, (laughs) you can't go wrong with Ewan McGregor. Because
0: Ewan McGregor, he does does the best he can with the material that he is given.
2: Yes, he was on Jimmy Kimmel a couple months ago. I don't know what he was promoting. He was promoting something. doesn't matter. Anyway, so he asked him can you can talk about it now and he's like do you know how long it's been where people are like so when uh when are we gonna get that from you and he's like can't I I don't know man I can't help you there and then but he knew that this was in development for a long time and so anytime they would ask him he'd be like yeah man I don't I don't know probably never and then now he can finally talk about it because it was announced and he was like yeah I'm really excited um i'm just gonna do what i can and he even said i think it was jimmy kimmel who asked him like how do you feel to be the like one of the only good things in a movie with jar jar binks so you know you know
0: also i really like that Ahmed best who got the star wars fandom sometimes isn't great and they no, <laughs> no that's sometimes that's Someone's that's a bit of an understatement, but... They're, the fanboys
2: are cray-cray. These are
1: the same people who did not like The Last Jedi and petitioned to
0: rewrite... But as far <laughs> as...
2: well, <laughs> Yeah, because that's possible. Because that's what
1: you need to
0: focus Jar-Jar's on. Jar a little irritating, but they, like, fully wrecked his life. And But Almond Bess is now in a better place, and he's coming back to the Star Wars fold of, basically, they're doing almost there's going to be a game show on disney plus that's pretty much like legends of the hidden temple but star wars version
2: okay okay
0: and so he's going to be hosting it and same but it's like so it's like star wars related questions and kind of obstacle challenges that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but legends of the hidden temple was part of that rad area of 90s nickelodeon and so it was it's a it's a smart poll that that's something that i can definitely imagine the youths of today getting into. And so glad we were, like, he was able to come back after that. Yeah. But back to Mando, which also, side note, as far as I do like that Mando is just kind of the shortened nickname that it's even used right? in the series at this point. <laughs> and I, I like thinking. that I too, like,
2: because, yeah. <laughs> like, when you were talking earlier about him never showing his face, other than that one scene in the very last episode. And only for, like, ten seconds. Um, And we don't know his name, but we also, even when in his flashbacks as an adult, we still don't see his face then. Yeah. And we don't know his name then, either. Like, even in the flashbacks, the flashbacks are generally silent, other than explosions. Mm, Yeah, that's true. No one says,
1: like, specifically or calls out his name until pretty much, like again the very end and then you're like wait you have I think, a like, name your name isn't just Mando <laughs> I've been just assuming that's your name this whole time yeah,
2: well they don't ever say that they it's just
1: true they, they just all call him that they all that call no him that so you
2: assume that's the name they give you yeah when you're one of these bounty hunters yeah D- you just I, that's what I assumed yeah I was like okay that's just the name they gave him like you know whatever
0: Cause I always imagine, as far as it's just like, since Mando is definitely like the like silent stoic type of Mm -hmm. like Carl Weathers character, just asking like "What's your name?" (laughs) and then him just being silent. So I'll just be like Mando. (laughs) (laughs) It's like whatever. I'll let them call me whatever. I don't care. And kind of moving on, we've so what I do like touching on as far as behind the mask and all of that is I think very emblematic of what i think is a very strong point of the show is that and it's like it's storytelling in a lot that it does a like it tells a lot with very little that it's very subtle as far as there's not like big exposition dumps and that kind of thing that it's not just so weighed down with lore and all of that that the like it doesn't hit you over the head with backstory and that kind of thing it's just it trusts the audience to kind of just get on board and get a feel for the story that it's telling.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And as far as besides just like the story aspect, it really is impressive. Just even on the technical aspects of just all the different parts of the show of how they come together of just the cinematography on this is gorgeous.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. I think I told that to you like episode two or three where i was like this is the most i want to talk about like the set design because
0: it's breathtaking because there are shots where you're like yep now i see how this thing cost a hundred million dollars <laughs> now i see where the
2: money was allocated okay cool yes yeah because it wasn't a nick nolte's pocket i can tell
0: you that <laughs>
1: Well, and it feels simultaneously Star Wars in very certain things, like the transitions between scenes. You're like, "Oh right, this is a Star Wars show." And then but there's still wipes. Doesn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but sometimes it doesn't.
0: It, it does and doesn't feel that way. Like it's
1: you know, it feels fresh, but also with that reminiscent reminder. And you like see those like
0: are. influences from westerns and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, because like when you when you would classify this you would call it like a space western essentially so and you can definitely tell that they leaned into that feeling
0: that that's how i pitched it to my dad i was like it's a, space western. It's a western just in space <laughs> and kinda, yeah also as far as the score that so luca goranson that many would know doing the score for black panther and the mm-hmm. creed movies and yes. so you can kind of see the influences from those that kind of flood into this as well like there's the like dramatic triumphant horns and like the big emotional moments and that kind of thing but it's like him
1: from community (laughs) he scored community he did scores yes he did i did not um, know that go go google after this uh running through raining and it's one of my favorite scores and it's ludwig did scores on that show too Fun fact, guys. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. I love that. He did TV comedies too. Before That's he became big, multifaceted. And did, you know, multifaceted. It, exactly. So whenever I see, like, oh, I was like, oh, hey,
0: he did this too. Fun, fun time. Jenny, cutting out you know. there for a second. There we go. Yeah. And it really is interesting, of like these like huge giant franchises that can get traced back to this tiny NBC show, that because right. then like the Russos that basically yeah. were part of the biggest movie of yeah. ever. and
1: Well, and then it's kind of like, you if you watched those things at the beginning, um, I feel like Ludwig also scored some other, like, smaller and not NBC comedies, but smaller comedies that I watched, or shows, and I w- I'd be like, wait a second, watching a Marvel movie or something, I know that name. <laughs> that guy's name looks familiar. But, it's good to know, it's good to know that he's, uh, he's doing pretty well. And music does set the tone for for shows especially in the star wars universe because yeah. oh yeah
0: yeah star wars score because it's it's a lot to live up to because I mean, john williams star wars score is i mean one of the mm-hmm. most I mean, just nominated
1: for
2: oscar so mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean yeah, you know when you think it's about iconic it, well yeah when you think about it john williams has created the most iconic theme songs in cinema history he did star wars jaws indiana jones and harry potter mm-hmm. Yep. hello hello <laughs> you got some big shoes to fill. yes
0: yeah you know, well, like saying? in wake of oscar nominations and stuff today uh um, <sighs> we we don't have time but just in the lens of john williams someone brought out of like that he really is kind of just like the great modern composer of our time
2: oh yeah for sure
0: yeah that If you're breaking down to just like the great orchestral pieces that come out of this past century yeah it's going to be the john williams like the works of john williams but so that's a lot to live up to but then like ludwig kind of gives his own vibe to it and because there is so much like silent space there are moments that like the music really does shine and kind of give you that emotion that you're needing and so since you don't have like a lead character that you can go off of his emotional like his facial expression music is a really key way to kind of add tension or add the lightness or that like the sentimentality and all of that that i think really helps make it what it is and then on like that technical side of things um the effects on it the use of practical effects is i think what really helps make this series great because this has been a year of uncanny valley cgi between lion king remake by john favreau yeah. the irishman and various other de-aging pro- projects that it's nice to have things that you can tell are actually real and that were actual things that the actors got to look at too because the I love the story as far as that for baby yoda they were possibly considering they weren't sure if the like the muppet and the animatronic was going to work and so they're like maybe we should just do a pass without him there just to if we want to do cgi we can and werner herzog literally said don't you dare you cowards (laughs) which is just kind of the best thing ever
2: (laughs) it's funny that you uh mentioned john favreau because he's the one who created this show. And yeah. he wrote most of the episodes. And yep. I find that... Hilarious. Or, I don't want to say hilarious. I guess I find that very... Ironic. Yeah. Because, you know... Oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I was clicking something about the Mandalorian. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you got this guy. Right? Who just did the live-action Jungle Book and did not a good job with The Lion King because I said what I said. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, this is not good. So you have him who just did these two things and he's such a big part of the Marvel Universe too. Not just, which I don't know if people always remember that he directed Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And he's not just happy in the movies. No. He also directed Iron Man. And, you know, he's such a big part of that world. And then he's such a... He's so enmeshed in Disney now that you don't even... You don't even realize how much he does. But I think it's so interesting that he made such a great thing when he made such a bad thing right before.
1: (laughs) He made such a
2: bad thing. I feel that
1: way about certain, like, TV shows like... Not to bring up community again, but to bring up community
2: again. Listen, Where, I like, run up Game of Thrones <laughs> like twelve times. It's fine. <laughs> Where
1: literally my the person who wrote my favorite episode, one of arguably the best episodes of the series, Remedial Chaos Theory, also wrote my absolute least favorite episode of the series, which I think is garbage. And I'm like, how did one how did the same person manage to do both of these things? I don't understand. See, I uh,
2: love that because it's like, oh, you did something so horrible that I really don't want to forgive you for, but then you did this, it's okay well,
0: yeah, it's Or like then it's watching- the reverse of like you did this great thing, so how could it go so bad so fast? Yeah, but like oh so Favreau,
1: sometimes I forget about that because I was rewatching Elf this holiday season because that's a traditional uh. thing for me, and then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this too. You have your hands in everything I enjoy, don't you?
2: <laughs> Pretty. Much. It's true, it's not but wrong. it
0: subtly just kind of creeped his way into like all the major things. So really kudos, literally.
2: literally kudos, kudos to him. I know he really turned it around because he was doing a lot. He, yeah, we got to respect that hustle because he literally went from like not doing a lot and then all of a sudden he directed Iron Man, which literally catapulted the Marvel mm-hmm. universe into what it is today. So he's probably like i did that uh he's like you know oh robert Downey jr really sold it but i directed it so who's the real winner here so and then he he's and meanwhile he
0: also made me cry in spider-man homecoming this past or not homecoming far from home this summer
2: my god i know and he also made me cry in endgame when he was talking to morgan yes yes it made me very sad made me very sad so it's interesting to see that he's literally in Disney as we've and discovered Marvel, though and he's everywhere
0: megan yeah. cries easily at things oh yeah, because you I cried really... in noel well.
2: yeah
1: i don't uh, well i to be fair so did i but that's because of i blame anna kendrick for that one
2: no I just, <laughs> I just no i just cry all the time like nothing makes me cry like nothing i cry over dumb stuff where i'm like why why what are you doing but, but speaking
0: of making us feel things mm-hmm. that this cast was really perfect in as far as bringing like the emotional weight to this series as well so it wasn't just like a great technical achievement but it had a lot of heart to it And you know think, what really
2: got me was in the very was it the last episode when the droid is like I have to self-destruct and I'm like oh my god he's going
0: to escape that I know he's going yes. to Tika.
2: star
1: wars making me feel star wars makes me feel so much so many things about so many robots. things like so many things for robots where i'm like but no why <laughs> <laughs> like sitting there like oh okay now i'm now i'm finding myself feeling things about about robot, robots you know in an in a
0: not real tv show <laughs> because they make us like the robot so much that then when you go to start galaxy's edge you and you have the chance to build your own robot you almost That's want too. to except for the fact that it's two hundred dollars and fact so you're
2: we literally I, went there does Disney the not other have enough day of my money at
1: this point point, honestly
2: yeah we literally went there the other day and my sister saw someone with a droid and she was like hey hey, hey you how much how much for the thing did you make And they were like, oh, it was like 176. And my sister's like, not doing that.
0: (laughs) Because as much as I would like a pink BB unit that. No.
2: No. I'm going to save my Mm -hmm. shekels. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yes. But like what's really impressive as far as what the series two is and we can get to kind of like the major roles in the series in a bit but you also have a lot of great like kind of small parts slash cameos because Mm -hmm. and ranging from like they got some great names for the series too so that as mentioned earlier Werner herzog was kind of great and then even like the cameo from Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally oh my okay gosh. let's
2: talk about that because those two have gotten railed <laughs> online for being I think it's hilarious <laughs> uh, no I
1: think it's hilarious that only Jason Sudeikis really like Adam Pally kind of right how is Adam Pally skating
2: saw? by but Jason I think it's because <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is the one who actually like punched baby Yoda so
1: it's true and he's like a bigger like I mean I know Adam Pally from like the mini project but like yeah he, duh. Like, he's still kind like of
0: like mini project happy of, endings but it
2: yes exactly but I, like,
0: I was sitting there
2: and I had to pause the episode because I'm like I know those voices because Adam Pally too. has a really distinct voice yes. yes. Adam
1: Pally's voice was very distinct and then the other one I was like I know these sound familiar so I'm like googling and I'm like oh my gosh yes that's who it is
2: I went right to IMDB and I was like alright I gotta yes. know yeah. I have to know yeah. right now who these two stormtroopers are because I know these two people I know yeah. them and now I need to know who just punched baby Yoda and <laughs> so,
1: was, I can, so I can rake them over the coals I
2: literally like had the episode it's a and full like, taken oh, situation
0: my mm-hmm. god
2: how dare you to do such a horrible thing but it was like such an Adam Pally characteristic of his characters to be like no like I want to see it no I think he, I think you need to I think he needs some air because like I, you know and he was yeah. just finding yeah. every way to like get Jason Sudeikis character to open the bag so we could see him. Oh it my god. It
1: very it feels it felt very on par with Adam Pally comedy. Like how oh, he yeah. would actually like if now, there was no helmet,
0: you he would
1: exactly 100% be doing and saying the exact same thing.
0: Correct. Yeah. So now basically I need other actors like from some of my favorite sitcoms to appear in Star Wars things. If you could get like Max Greenfield to just kind of have like a Schmidt-like stormtrooper or something.
1: Hey, I mean, with the Avengers universe, the Russo brothers managed to get some of their friends from projects back. Again, I'm talking about community. Yes. <laughs> like Danny Pudi and Danny Pudi and Winter and Soldier. Brown. Like Danny Pudi, Jim Rash, and Yvette Nicole Brown. I'm like, you guys can make this happen. You're
0: Disney. You're
1: Star Wars. People want to be even Well, especially now Y&B's getting show.
0: that Disney money. So... Mm-hmm. yeah. Because mm-hmm. she got in Lady in the Tramp and Oh, she, yeah, that's true. That's true. she hosted the disney plus panel and i'm still jealous mm-hmm. for the panel specifically they made her it there's a shirt that has like the disney plus logo in rhinestones mm-hmm. and oh. it's not official merch i tweeted her and the she said it's not something not actually for sale but made like a thing of like tell disney make the shirt <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> i just i like shiny things it it is what it is and also Ming Na Wen, it, who is a like yeah. who I know is a huge Star Wars fan, so it's awesome that she kinda got to like live the dream and get to be in that. And I'm so bummed that her character got killed off because
2: literally so fast.
0: <laughs> really though? I was like,
2: okay. It's I like guess, here's the really exciting thing of Ming Na Wen just getting
0: because i'm like i need more like star wars fight sings with may not because she is her fight choreography is always incredible yeah
2: i mean would you expect anything else from mulan exactly exactly <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly and amy sedaris uh, oh my god in, in that oh same oh my god i need it's to amy talk Harris. about this i
2: need to get so deep into this i can't describe the feeling that overcame my body when i saw her and her wig she is one of the wackiest people on the planet and like if you ever have read david sedaris books he talks so much about amy sedaris and obviously because they're siblings but she like she says the most whack stuff all the time and i think it's so interesting that she got a role on the mandalorian which is such a serious thing and she's like yeah I'm gonna bring the funny to this thing. Watch me, watch but me. It
1: was so great, it was just the actual perfect sto- like side story of that episode was her being like, "Okay, I don't know what to do with this thing. Don't worry, I'm gonna charge him more. Right, I'm gonna
2: back. watch you, and I'm gonna charge him to let like me watch you." So it's just this like, Holy. and then after the
0: whole big battle, she's like, "Well, I guess you didn't get yeah. paid then."
2: <laughs> I, oh my god. Of all of, the thi- all of the people that showed up throughout the season, oh, my God. I, like, left my body for a minute. I was so happy. <laughs> I was just like, this is the most sarcastic I've ever seen, but I'm here for it. I am Speaking ready. of bizarre
0: casting that i like that there was someone on twitter that on episode six when Bilbur is in it that they're like with him having his regular accent does that mean there's a planet that's basically space boston <laughs> 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 and then i'm yes. like okay now we need just like star wars planets that are just kind of like various regional accents and so we need like basically like a florida man planet that's just like chaos and do we though that's just mm-hmm. earth that's just earth <laughs> true <laughs> that might hit a bit too close to home yeah uh
1: but her episode was so funny like i just like that there was a balance throughout the season two of of comedy and drama because yeah, it couldn't all it couldn't be all one it couldn't be
2: all dramatic honestly because yeah. otherwise it would just be like okay
1: oh wow i have to really sit in... through another
2: dramatic 35 and, and to 40 not... minutes it's
1: and it's not really in line with star wars in general right like star exactly wars still fun and funny and quippy and so to it's have, still fun and quirky yeah to be able to have characters guest characters come on that kind of foster that was especially because that storyline the balance of that storyline being the with mando's you know thing being pretty serious it was fun to have a little side adventure of <laughs> amy sedaris <laughs> trying to <laughs> babysit baby yoda
2: literally yeah. left my body out of excitement
0: and i really like as far as that then some of the supporting characters that even though it is mando's story and obviously baby yoda centric that the side characters did kind of get their individual chances to shine and so gina carano's um character cara dune that i'm so happy that she came back and i desperately hope she's in season two that she is just Awesome and kicks butt, but it was also believable. And like, it's always nice when they write a female character like a human being. And mm-hmm. I think well, it's
1: a female character that doesn't have like, not every female character needs to immediately fall for the, the male leader. Yes, of the show, guys. no. It's
0: and nice she was actually reasons. kind of low key shipping Mando with the lady in the village yes, that she's like, exactly, yeah, she was like, like don't oh, you want to stay cute.
2: here? Hang up your <laughs> helmet and have babies marry this (laughs) widow yeah but i liked that i liked that like she's
0: tough but yeah she's a bit of a shipper too and
2: i liked the camaraderie between them it wasn't romantic in any way and i liked that because i like as far as either we need more of that they had a
0: good dynamic and Mm -hmm. also as far as obviously she's in crazy amazing shape but to also have a female character who's not completely tiny is always nice. Well, that, she
2: jacked. She jacked.
0: Mm-hmm. She's jacked and she still has some curve. And that's nice to show as far as and because she's still so feminine. Everyone else in Star Wars is super skinny. So that's what's kind of nice to have. And I think her character is really interesting of it adds a lot of dimension to the world building too, because her story really is kind of like, that of like a military veteran as far as the war's over and just kind of like a what now situation but um it kind of added like a sense of humanity to it that because star wars is this like epic space opera type thing that you don't get to see like the regular people that have kind of these like very human struggles and not just like these giant like fights against good and evil laser swords and pew pew all of that that there's some very like real trauma of like because it it is wars uh, in the stars but they but kind changed. of seeing processing like the events from the original trilogy that those were like very impactful things and that years and years of fighting and how that affects a person and where do they go from there yeah that because i think that was a very good foil to mando because they were kind of in similar situations of just like so much of their lives have been fighting of kind of what do you do now and in their cases that the fight isn't necessarily over it's just kind of changing what you're fighting for necessarily and both of them is basically just protecting the child because he's precious (laughs) and we love him
2: yeah he's the cutest thing ever
0: honestly. And then like Carl Weather's like character Grief Garga that he just added a lot of great swagger that because you always need in, in like a in a Star Wars movie, you need a character that just like is smooth and like has like has game. And yeah. I think but
1: also is like a but also is like a double agent you, don't and, like kind of you yeah. and kind of
0: morally ambiguous and kind of right in that gray area.
1: Cuz like Mando lives by a code whereas, you know, He doesn't
0: really. He's more of a mercenary of just Mm -hmm. where the money goes, but then that he comes around and he might have my favorite line in the series of "Have the baby do the magic hand thing." Baby baby. do the magic hand thing. My God,
2: waves! I was dying.
0: I literally had to pause because I I was laughing too too. much.
2: Laughing. (laughs) It was so amazing,
0: and I think I think they need to make that a T-shirt as far as "Baby do the magic hand magic hand thing." remix it like do all you need to do and then even like the non-human characters that were in because i was really surprised by nick nolte as far as because i didn't even know it was him at first
2: surprised it by by like the third or fourth time he showed up i was like "Who who is that who is that i know that voice too and then i looked it up and i was like wait no way really really nick nolte okay It was a weird choice, but it worked.
0: It worked. And, like, I was sad when, spoiler alert, that he died. And (laughs) that I felt a lot of things in Taika Waititi, man. That Mm. he's slowly becoming just one of the most interesting, like, not just creators, but performers as well. Of just that he has just so much, like, not just the humor, because the humor is kind of a given, but just, like, a, a sense of, like, gentleness and like just heart to it as well that because in the first episode the droid is just kind of funny and then as we were saying the last episode you felt all the feelings (laughs) oh my
2: god i like once i figured it out i was like (laughs) no
0: and seeing the montage of when he kind of transitions from being like this like bounty hunter like basically killer droid to a nurse and like caretaker that was actually a like really interesting sequence and kind of showed a part of the star wars universe we don't really get to see of the kind of humanizing the droids because yeah normally the droids are just kind of just one thing and so that basically c-3po's like the stuffy british guy k-2so is snarky british and then like the other droids are basically dogs <laughs> they're basically Not puppies verbal. yeah and so that it's kind of showing that like human aspect to the droids, of that they can have an arc and change and have growth. And so I will be curious to see how that carries into the future storylines. Because I don't know about you, um, did they address as far as getting to the root of why Mando doesn't like droids, or do you think that's something they're still saving later? Because I don't know like if I just th- missed it. I
2: they're still saving.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna shelve. Not shelve it, but like maybe explore that a little bit later.
0: That's a that's a season two thing we might be able to look forward to, because it was very interesting of that. Because the character as far as is is like has that strong moral code and is like looking out for people and all of that, but like hardline does not like droids. Just yeah. doesn't. Nope. He
2: says he doesn't trust them, but you don't know yeah. why. They never explain that. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's, I'm hoping that's you, know, you know,
0: that's a future mystery.
2: Yeah. But yeah, then also...
1: Like, even watching all the rest of, like, the Star Wars universe and stuff, like, there's never an implication that, like, you can't trust droids. It's mostly like a, oh, droids are only useful for one thing. And then the droids surprise all of the characters and all of the stories of, like, being people, quote-unquote, and having emotions and just, like, having watched Solo and doing, you know, that storyline and just... throughout the universe you don't really see that so it must be something specific to mando and his past right
2: right.
1: i'm curious to see what that is like after you know trauma that he endured like what what else could you
0: possibly have gone through right yeah so that'll be interesting to kind of unfold and then i think and we pretty much already touched on as far as Mm -hmm for like the only other major character of like mando himself that it was a very interesting like protagonist to kind of follow just because without the mask and also that's one thing but also that he's not he's not a man of many words so there's a lot you had to fill in as an audience member which i kind of appreciate because it shows a bit more of like a trust in an audience's intelligence level and their comprehension of characters and theme that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like so clear-cut and really once again just kudos to pedro pascal and so i am highly looking forward to seeing him as the villain in wonder woman 84 because that's going to be pretty awesome and so now to the main event Mm -hmm. the child the 50 year old child as i've
2: said multiple times the 50 year old child
0: Child. (laughs) and so first just like kudos to henson studios as far as so and the henson workshop they were part of like they helped build the original yoda and that they actually came back for helping create the child and it was kind of right around like the same time of with the new dark crystal reboot which also has some even though i've only seen like clips of the series and stuff but it's some incredible puppet and animatronic work that you really do buy that it's this living breathing thing and i never
2: thought at any point like oh oh this is this isn't real like,
0: it looked that it, real. It it looked real, and everyone just instantly fell in love with it.
2: I mean, how do you not? Yes. Honestly. And honestly, the memes have been just bringing me to life. Because there, there's nowhere... The... nowhere there's, oh, the reach thanks. is endless.
1: It's true. Well, and kudos, though, to... Also, just in an environment in an age where spoilers, nothing stays quiet. The fact that it, they kept that under wraps. Yeah, like that is impressive because I can count on my hand the number of things that i have like, you know, Leaked. you're getting to like you're getting to Marvel levels. Yeah, keeping where you know Tom Holland's looking around, being like, can I say anything at all? Or Mark <laughs> Ruffalo? We want to speak yes exactly or Mark Ruffalo but like they probably you know locked the the Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo of Disney slash Star Wars in a room and were like you can come out after n- November yeah cause right. even like
0: Rise of, Rise of Skywalker had script leaks and stuff that the fact that they were yeah. able to keep this locked down is truly impressive it really is
1: that was, that was probably the most impressive and also the going. fact that
0: they held off on Christmas time merchandising t- yeah. in order to keep this a secret yeah they kudos i mean now we're all
1: lamenting the fact that we didn't get <laughs> that stuff yeah for christmas but but when but it does
2: still, release
0: there's going to be a frenzy there was and more so, they, I was
2: like, say, there's they do have some was, they have some yeah they have little they have, have Cardoon and khalil funkos they don't have mandalorian or baby yoda yet and, and they're saw... just now
0: starting to get like baby yoda merchandise in the parks and stuff
2: yeah they yeah. had a shirt the other day and i thought it was weird because it was only a female's shirt which i felt men want to wear it too they had a shirt that had baby yoda on said the child which like m- fanboys would want to wear that too so not clear on why it was only a women's shirt <laughs> but whatever and then they had uh baby yoda socks but that was it that was all i saw and then there's
0: there's like a phone case so i always laugh disney is laughably always behind on phone cases so they only have for like the iphone 10 and so it'll be a while before there's 11 compatible cases but um there's going to be plenty of merch as far as i would say by this spring and that's going to also help keep the uh, mandalorian momentum until season two and that's what i think
1: that's smart it's smart for them to do that and to kind of dole it out because again between now and november or you know fall quote unquote it's a it's a pretty long time yeah. <laughs> with nothing so they have to they're they're smart they'll be able to dole that out yeah. in,
0: and opening in... up up to y'all what do you think is is it just the big eyes or what's the, like the
2: I think he's just th- so what cute. boils down the
0: cuteness of it yeah. that like literally everyone.
2: Like his little I, surprise face is adorable. Yeah. Even his weird little it.
0: sharp
1: teeth. Yeah. I, know. I think just the whole, well, the very end of the episode. So you you know you watch the whole first episode and you're like, okay, this is fine. This is nice. For me, I was like, it's a little slow, but I'm not mad about it. It's okay. And then you get to the very end and you like, I cannot emphasize the gasp and squeal that i did which was <gasps> baby <laughs> like cute. that high yeah exactly you immediately are like oh, it's so cute and i like that it's so cute and i can't stop thinking and um, talking about how cute it is
0: like just showing like personally so um i naturally like i don't do babies i am very small amounts of small children like i just don't have that maternal instinct that um my running joke is as far as there are now as far as three things that bring about my maternal instinct and so it is puppies tom holland's portrayal of peter parker Mm -hmm. and i just want to make sure he has a warm blanket and some cookies and Mm -hmm. now baby yoda as far as just the instant like swell of like it's so cute and i want to hug it but i also mm-hmm. want to protect it from the entire world and fight anyone who wants to mess with him like yep. it just it brings that fierce emotion and what's hilarious is like the demographic spread of it because even like my dude bro co-workers who watch the mandalorian they have like have straight up told me of like baby yoda's like the cutest thing i've literally ever seen in my life <laughs> and that it even reaches to like them is just kind of great, that in these divided times, what unites us all <laughs> is Baby Yoda.
1: Yes. True. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And you spend most of the, oh, because like, I was talking to our friend Jen about this the other day, and I was like, she, she said, as soon as you know, like at the very end of the first episode, you know, when you know what the child is and you know what's happening, you spend the entire rest of the series with anxiety any time baby Yoda is potentially in danger so you just like are constantly going nope don't drop him be careful don't do that like and you just have very visceral reactions to what's happening on screen because it's
0: it's a 50 year old it's 50 a baby. it's a baby it, it's a baby and so, I, I think my favorite yeah. internet thing to come out of it is the dear Theodosia parody
1: oh my gosh yes that's so that fantastic. is great and a co-worker sent that to me he's like have you seen this i was like of course i've seen it already it's, it's baby internet. yoda and hamilton like <laughs> the <internet. laughs> it's the internet i've already seen it
0: <laughs> uh, and so my last it, question before we wrap things up so we like we've all loved the mandalorian and so many people have had great reactions to it um and we have at this point two different star wars um series is coming to disney plus um and also in contrast to like the so like the solo like side movies that have come out in the past year so like solo for example do you think star wars in the future is actually excuse me is going to be better suited for this kind of short form tv series format than doing like a movie or a movie trilogy
2: um i think it would be smarter to do the tv shows because other than you know i'm not partial necessarily to i feel like the movies are going in a bad way (laughs) that uh makes any sense um uh, the only thing I liked and I think I actually just talked about this. Didn't I just talk about this with you, Jen? About... Probably. Wasn't you? About Probably. Solo, right. where the only good thing oh, was Donald Solo. Glover?
1: Oh, no, but I agree with you 110%. Who was that? <laughs> that is also what I've said. Because my, the only mm, thing I like about
2: Don't get me, get me wrong. Don't. Because I love, love the guy, guy, Alden, who played... I can't say his last name, so I'm not gonna try because I'm gonna murder it. Um... Uh, who played Han Solo. I love him. Mm-hmm. I thought Beautiful Creatures was a book series that should have gotten a better treatment and should have gone on to be made into the full book series. I was a little upset it didn't, mostly because I loved him. Um, I think it was not the right person to be cast because if you saw... Oh, Age well, of Adeline. at Age of Adeline," That guy literally looked like Han Solo back in the day and it freaked me out. I thought it was CGI. It's not. It's just a guy who's his doppelganger.
0: And he had the smirk. Yes! So I thought that should have
2: been who played him, but it wasn't. But I still love Alden. And I thought he was gr- – I think he's great. I don't think the movie yeah. was great. I think the only redeeming quality was Donald Glover. Yes. Because <laughs> – I agree. It's Donald, Donald Glover. I, uh, and I'm still
0: wondering, <laughs> how bad could Lord and Miller's version have been for them to, to not quit. just move forward with it?
2: Oh, wait. No, 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 I did remember something that was also better in that movie is the black and gold ensemble that Amelia Clark wears. I well, would wear that. All of Amelia day. Clark's clothes. Yeah. I would wear it every day. Every day. All
0: of her outfits.
2: So yeah. fantastic. And I I'm here for Amelia Clark um going beyond Game of Thrones because she's one of those people who's forever tied to that character now. And so like, you know, she's got a spreader wings. Try oh, oh man, mm-hmm. I should not have said spreader wings. Yeah. <laughs> not what i intended <laughs> but um but but i you know I hey, appreciate what that. i like
0: about star wars is even when the movies aren't great they bring the fashion because even though the prequels have their cringy queen amidala natalie portman was serving some looks I, as I, far as she
2: was serving some
0: love because even in the i hate sam scene which is one of like the worst scenes to watch her dress is just Exquisite, the one that's like the ombre from the pink to yellow, mm-hmm. yes. So at the very least, even at Star Wars' lowest points, at least they serve the fashion exactly. But so I
2: think because I think because they're trying so hard to pander to people, but they're actually not. They're just upsetting everyone, and I think they're straying super far away from George Lucas's original intentions for it um and it probably doesn't help that he's no longer really involved um i I think that has a major part to play in the whole scenario but i feel like with the mandalorian they definitely redeemed themselves because like i mean solo literally flopped it flopped yeah and i would say
0: too as far as um it's very interesting of when you look at like movie box office and stuff that as of right now one of the biggest growing markets is china and china just doesn't care about star wars like at all and right so as of showing like recently nice out has been grossing more in china than okay. um rise of skywalker which right. right. kudos love nice out but Often nominated yes hmm. but as far as so i think actually instead of doing the theatrical releases and the financial risk with that having these um like straight to streaming but that they're still kind of big streaming temples i think this is a better pay- place where like four hours is a great time as far as between all of the episodes yeah. to like let characters breathe and you can take your time with the storytelling but also not super extended so it's not then you don't add a bunch of filler either so it's kind of right in that sweet spot and also since you're not doing like the whole big movie rollout then you could have more room to take chances and let star wars get a little weird if like you could do kind of more of a like snarky satire lord and miller type thing like um they did with spider-verse was to comic book movies they could do a star wars variation of that yeah and that you can take chances and get new voices and tell new stories because at this point now that the skywalker saga is done that the world is still interesting but we can see new perspectives in parts of it right And so i think disney plus is actually the perfect place for that
2: yeah i agree
1: and i think i think we need to see more perspective i think that mandalorian has proven that that's a good direction to go and that that's something that people want because there are so many different voices and directors and writers who played a hand in in this universe and that there's still more stories to tell and that there's still interesting stories to tell I think is it lends itself better to TV because like you said it gives the characters a chance to breathe the movie format is just you know you can only do so much in two hours and that's sacrificing storytelling yeah. tends to be the way that the movies have gone in terms and of, also in as far of, as like, with like blockbuster
0: oh, continue your thoughts.
1: yeah no just in favor of like big explosions or big blockbuster things or big you know we have to do this thing and we have to wrap it up and also the fact that like you know these movies Are released every couple of years, and you kind of don't have the payoff that a TV show does, where you have to wait. Oh, cool! So three years later, I may or may not get the payoff for this one storyline that happened two movies ago. Right. You -hmm. know. So yeah. So that's been the downfall, I feel like, of the movies versus the TV show kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing too, as far as because there used to be such like a scarcity and anticipation to Star Wars movies, as far as so yeah, the first ones like the first trilogy and then there's basically another 20 years before the prequels come out and then from when the prequels end which is around like 2003
2: i think yeah Yeah.
0: then so between that you have about another 10-15 years before the new trilogy but then it was like you had pretty much a star wars almost every year since then because then you had as far as force awakens rogue one last jedi solo rise of skywalker just boom 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 and so it kind of flood it makes it less special of less of an event and so if we just kind of we still can get some star wars and explore the world on disney plus then the next time there is a theatrical release movie then it it will be exciting again if we don't have it immediately after these movies and give it some time to breathe and so since I know apparently in like the box office calendar if you will what's taking over Star Wars is is a billion Avatar sequels and we'll see how Uh, all uh, of that pans out
2: but what I think think, see what I like like, (sighs) what I think they should continue to do with the show is granted granted, yes, yes or shows I'm sorry continuing on is that Mandalorian, other than Baby Yoda, has brand new characters that we don't know about. The movies are just rehashing the same characters, you know? Even though Rogue One had a bunch of new characters, you're still looking for the plans for the Death Star. And even though it's a young version and you figure out how Han Solo got, you're still looking at Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. Like, you're still looking at characters and situations where you know, you already know. You know, we didn't know anything about Yoda I mean, granted it's Yoda, but we didn't know anything about when he was a quote unquote baby. You know what I mean, or how he got to be where he's at. So I think and even though the next one is with um Obi Wan. What you said. And um it's I still think it'll be a new take on it, so we're not like, Ugh, great, another thing that we're just rehashed you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think it gives other characters within the world more space and it lets them tell their stories and not just, oh, we're still talking about Luke and Leia and Han Solo and, you know.
0: Yeah, that we need to kind of let... Let the past die. <laughs>
2: that's, well, yes, yeah, that's what I'm you saying. You're
0: about to quote a villain.
2: <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, this is what we need to...
0: Yeah. Not to bring a Kylo Ren quote into this, but...
2: You know, and even yeah, he's he's the you know offspring of Han Solo and Princess Leia, and he's working with Darth Sidious. You know, it's just and Palpatine. Like these are still things, even though we're in the new trilogy, we're still dealing with the exact same things. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I think it gives. I think it expands the. I don't want to say universe because it's a couple, but you know what I mean. Like. It expands the whole all-encompassing Star Wars thing. You know what I mean? So I think that's what they should continue to do is... I think it's better for them to do TV so that they can continue to make it less about what we already know and more about what we don't. And that's what's going to get people to keep watching.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And... So I think that kind of concludes our conversation and that Jen, is there anything you would like to plug?
1: Of course there is. Isn't there always? Always.
2: Uh, That is the point of
0: podcasts.
1: (laughs) What what is the point if you're not plugging something? Um, Well, obviously I've talked about community a couple of times in this podcast unintentionally. Um, but I have my own community rewatch podcast. And and it's great. I listened to it on my lunch break today. It's so, it's so fun. It's been a lot of fun. So you can find us, it's the community rewatch podcast, um, wherever you get your podcasts. And then give the uh, give just about right a follow on twitter and you can find us at at just about w-r-i-t-e with an underscore at the end because i will be forever bitter that someone took the original so rude. without an underscore <laughs> and never never posts on it never uses okay, it okay so. well how that's, that's even worse <laughs> right like shouldn't you be able to like I'm have bitter. to pick that up after a certain period like period of time so i'm bitter, anyway, bitter. i had I like talking to you guys. I had a lot of fun. I did. And so I
2: hope you like talking that, to me. Otherwise, I guess we're not really well, friends, you know.
0: <laughs> you guys <Yeah>. are cool. <laughs> so also completely not related to Mandalorian at all, um we will touch on briefly. Um this past week, we had the sad news that the showrunner for the Lizzie McGuire revival
2: has know, stepped the original down. creator yes.
0: And so production has stopped oh. on the revival um, until further notice. So hopefully they find someone new and or that there's differences and so it makes me nervous. I, w- I want this to yeah. be a thing.
2: Well, here's the thing and is that they know that this is like the thing people are looking yeah. forward to now.
0: So they're going to make it work. Like, I don't know as far as part of me in my dream world that i do not know if she could do the, like the family friendly fare of like a disney plus type series but almost like if jen and robinson from sweet vicious and the director of something someone great that she could be like a potential like if if i were to pick someone else to take over i would say because she's of like our age demographic as well to have like the proper respect for as far as like lizzie in that whole world but hopefully lizzie returns to us because i i know jen you were super invested yeah, in that revival I as know. well
1: i love i love all of the things that hillary duff was posting and that's like my childhood so i saw that news and i'm
2: like no. and i need to know what <laughs> happened after they left italy, well, italy. yes yeah, exactly. because they
0: already filmed the gordo episode so do we lose the gordo content <sighs>
2: You know what i can't even think about this right now it's just gonna upset me and (laughs) i just like i can't be in this 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 Mm headspace
0: because (laughs) what the darkest timeline thing that makes me nervous is their will connect this to you because you were with me when this happened so powerless was a show that had their pilot air at san diego comic-con and it was fantastic really? and we loved really, it and it was super funny and delightful and it like if that show was what it if was would've it would have been perfect and yeah. then between when the pilot happened and when it eventually went to air at NBC the showrunner stepped down they put in someone different and they had to completely change the show to like be something different than what it originally set out to be yeah. And it wasn't as good.
1: No. Well, they completely redid the plot, too. Like, yeah. You know, the plot of the show. Was they, like, flipped like, the
0: premise which... to it. Yeah. Ew. Which I was not. No, it was so bad. It was it so was... bad.
2: I it hate so that. Bad. Which is
0: a bummer because it was a great cast because it was, like, Vanessa Hudgens and Alan Tudyk and Ron Funches. Oh but,
2: oh, I know what you mean. I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about now. I did, I, because that was the one that was, it was, like, the was it the, the dc like the, the insurance
0: world, agency for superheroes mm-hmm. yeah
1: it was originally supposed to be that and then they switched it to something right because
2: i remember reading about
0: it. it it was like
2: all the stuff everywhere at
0: comic-con like
2: and then i remember yeah. it, like seeing commercials and i'm like wait is that the same thing
1: yeah they switched they switched the plot completely to where i think they were like
0: tech creators for, like, tech creators superhero? for like batman basically yeah Bye. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. canceled literally 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 and so that's what happened but i i have faith as far as lizzie mcguire it is a decently sized enough property that they're gonna take care of it well but and i feel like people stay are like tuned.
2: where's my lizzie mcguire yeah where's lizzie McGuire? yeah where's lizzie mcguire and you're sh- you're doing things i don't, like, I don't like, to like to it so i think they know there'll be a lot of blowback if it's blowback bad.
0: bad very true so we will stay tuned to that, and um, in our slate of episodes to come, I think we'll look, have to look at the schedule again. But I think sometime in February, Jen will be returning to us. That yes. aren't you coming back um, for the
2: Princess Diaries? Yes, for uh, Princess of Diaries of course, too, among I mean. other things,
0: because because February is going to be nice. a month of shipping and yeah, no. Mia Thermopolis and Fetus Chris Pine, back when he still had brown hair.
2: When he still had brown hair. That's a (laughs) fun
0: name. That it's gonna be a good time. And so next week Megan and I are gonna be tackling the high school musical trilogy. And (sighs) do
2: you understand? So the ode I will give to Bet On It.
0: There will be a decent sized chunk of the episode just devoted to Bet On It, probably. Mm,
2: That's what I want.
0: (laughs) So you y'all have that to look forward to and so um make sure as far as thanks so much for listening to the pod and um if you do have apple podcasts as far as those five star reviews um definitely help increase visibility and all of that because wouldn't you know there's a fair amount of disney podcasts out there so oh, no way make, hey. <laughs> so making ours a bit more well-known would definitely be much appreciated and you can also follow us on twitter at once upon a stream and so thank you so much and we will be back next week Bye. bye bye